Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Father, just thank you for helping us as we minister your word today, Father, that you help us to minister this, and it's clear in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's uh, how we start off here, like, question, what is sickness? I know this is really easy, but here's some answers, like, sickness is a physical malfunction of one's body. It's simple. Then what is divine healing? It is the healing or recovery from sickness. Now, that's real simple, but it's sometimes good to remind ourselves simple things that make sense help. So sickness is any time you, you, know, you have a malfunction in your body. And, and you know, they do consider mental things because you have, your brain is physical. They consider that sickness because it, your brain is a physical thing. So it, it covers everything, okay? And then here's a question. Is sickness and disease a problem in today's society? And here's the answer. Uh, about half of all Australians have a chronic disease, and around 20% have at least two. According to the new data online uh, today by the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, so this is uh, from the, you know, that's from that, uh, the government, okay? So a chronic disease, that term, chronic disease, it applies to a group of diseases that tend to be long-lasting and have persistent effects. That's what a chronic disease is, long-lasting and persistent effects. So when we were living in Singapore, um, I had a bout with, um, so we're talking about 11 or 12 years ago this happened. I had a bout with acid reflux, okay? Now, did anybody, you don't have to raise your hand, but if you ever had acid reflux, you know what that's all about. Now, I I know that the the surgeon, no, I'm sorry, the heart doctor for our hometown, he, he would have to deal with people that came in and said, I have a heart problem. And he would say, well, you actually don't have a heart problem. That's your stomach. That's indigestion or acid, and you don't have a heart problem. So he was just like thinking they're wimps. You can't handle a little bit of pain. Your stomach's... So he got acid reflux and called the ambulance. This is the heart specialist. And the ambulance came and took him to the doctor, and they go, that's, that's not your heart. This is the... And he goes, boy, that hurts. And I know because I, I dealt with it. And boy, it does hurt. And I even thought when I was in Singapore, I told the doctor, we had a Christian doctor right below our office there. Uh, and so I just, all I had to do was walk down the steps. And, and I said, I think I got, I, my, there's something wrong with my heart. And he goes, and he just did a, he pulled out, say, lead on this table and did an EKG thing right there immediately. He goes, you don't have anything wrong with your heart. And I go, it hurts. I, I know. He goes, okay, I'll schedule you in for uh, a stress test. So I went to the hospital, and, you know, and I did that stress test. They go, you don't have anything wrong with your heart. So he said, you just got to get it up here. When you get indigestion and all that stuff, it can seem that way. So, but, but here's what bothered me about this. This is why I'm telling the story. I went in to see him, and when you go to the counter, he turns around, and he has all these boxes that has files. And he went to a box and pulled it out, and he goes, your file's here. He goes, I got you filed under the chronic sicknesses. And there was just something about it. Like, I wasn't even 50 years old yet. I was 40, going on 50-something. I don't know how old I was back then. Uh, just subtract 12 from 60, whenever that is. <laughs> 48. I was about 48 years at the time, and he's telling me that I had a chronic disease, you know. And I thought, no, I don't want to receive that. I don't want a chronic disease at this age. So I decided that I wasn't going to accept 
a chronic disease. Okay, so if you know me, and anybody that hangs around close knows me, that I ordered cayenne pepper from India. I ordered organic cayenne pepper from India. You know, it's the best you can buy. Now, cayenne pepper has ratings on it. It's got 80, then, it, then that's the normal cayenne pepper you buy at the store, but then my cayenne pepper's 160 something. I don't know what they are. They're not, they're not kilobytes or, or kilometers, but it's 160 something, you know. So I have twice as hot now. It came in a big bag, so we got Paul Pillay sitting there. I took a bunch out and gave it to Paul Pillay because I, and I still got a lot. I've been, I don't know how many years, but uh, now we got, we got people that li- have lived in our house. They see, I'll take that cayenne pepper and I'll put it on so many different kinds of food. I actually had a little smoothie today and put cayenne pepper in my smoothie. I just, but what am I saying? I don't have acid reflux and I don't have a chronic thing. And I, and I'm, I'm, I love Indian food, you know. That's, oh, and, it does, and I can eat it and it doesn't bother me. So my point is, you don't have to tolerate chronic things. That's my point. God is so good, okay? So um, here's some of the, now going back to this, these are leading diseases in Australia. So here's some of them. They're, I think they're in order of how you know, popular they are, how the, the numbers. So you got cardiovascular conditions, cancers, mental disorders, diabetes, respiratory diseases, muscular skeletal diseases, chronic kidney kidney diseases and oral diseases. So that's like the top diseases. So don't forget, 50% of all Australians have a chronic disease and 20% have at least two. Okay, so when we talk about we're the church and we have a mission and we have a dinner bell we can ring and that dinner bell, when you ring that dinner bell of healing, people that need to get healed, they'll show up. And that's part of our mission and calling and it's healing, okay? Um, so, question, another one. Are there misunderstandings about divine healing? And the answer is yes. And here's some of the misunderstandings as we're getting into this. So God only heals who he chooses to heal. And you hear that say, well, God, it's up to God, and whoever he chooses to heal, he heals. And then another one is God uses sickness to teach us things. Uh, you've, been here, you've heard that before. And then sickness is a way to suffer for the glory of God, and there's that that gets circulated out there. And then here's some more, uh, why we get sick, you know, and even like if I could just take a break about why we get sick. You know, um, we shouldn't do this in Christianity, but in the Old Testament, people got sick if they disobeyed God, you know, and if they did something wrong, if they broke the law, then sickness would come on them. And, you know, you can still get sick in this covenant, like if you go... Uh, and you uh, go out and have sex and you get a disease because you did that, you know, that's not God doing it to you, but you can still, you know, do certain things and get yourself in trouble. So there are consequences when we do, we're in the wrong place at the wrong time, doing the wrong thing can bring a consequence, okay? So we're not denying that, but here's what we don't want to do as Christians. If we have a fellow brother or sister in the Lord and if they have sickness, we don't want to stand back and go, well, I wonder what they did. I wonder, are they in disobedience? I wonder if they're, you know, we, we don't want to do that. So we don't want to, you know, the whole thing about why people get sick, we don't want to do that to our fellow brothers and sisters. And even if, you know, if you want a scripture, it says, if, in James, it says, if, if you're sick, call for the elders of the church uh, and they'll anoint you with oil. And it says the prayer of faith will save the sick. But then it goes, and if, everyone say if. If they committed sin, it would be forgiven them. That clearly shows us that sickness is not always a result of sin. 
It says if they committed sin. It doesn't say they're sick because they sin. But that, there's always the twofold thing with redemption. Forgiveness of sin and healing of the physical body. It's a two-folded a two, uh, you know, thing there, okay? Okay, so let's go and read. Let's, oh, let's finish this. Is healing always instant or immediate? There's questions about that. Implications that not being healed is not being in faith and and that's a big one and you, you know and I know because I heard this message when I was 23 years old and when I was 23 you know I was in the kind of physical condition back at 23 because we we uh, we owned and operated a, 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 like a gymnasium where we trained bodybuilders and and so I could just go out walk put tennis shoes on walk out the house and run a couple miles and come back and hardly be sweaty and out of breath that's the kind of physical shape I'm in and then you hear that God wants to heal and you hear uh, some some teaching on it and you never dealt with sickness like I never was sick so what happens a lot of times is you get all that knowledge and it can puff you up and then when you go to minister to someone you can make them feel like where's your faith you know why don't take care you know and honestly you don't realize you're doing that sometimes but knowledge puffs up but love edifies well I've gone through a number of battles now and now when I minister to someone I have the also the compassion element and you don't want to make so this is a thing where you know when people uh, they need healing but you don't want to make them feel like they have no faith and that they're they're like they they're they're like you know whatever okay I think you got that point so those are some of the things as the Lord will help us and you know when you when you minister along these lines too even the thought that as we go you'll we'll pick momentum up you know, and even when we used to do conferences, if you did three, four days in a row, you always pick momentum up. So we're going to do this series for five weeks straight. And so I'm expecting and I'm using my faith to believe that we'll even pick momentum up as we go through this series. Okay, so here's, here's the, uh, the text scriptures that we're going to use. Let's read them. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 22. It says, And behold, a wom- woman of Canaan came, from that region and cried out to him saying have mercy on me O lord son of david my daughter is severely demon possessed but he answered her not a word and his disciples came and urged him saying send her away for she cries out after us but he answered and said i was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of israel then she came and worshiped him saying lord help me but he answered and said it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs and she said yes lord yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table then jesus answered and said to her "O woman great is your faith let it be to you as you desire and her daughter was healed from that very hour so we're going to look into this and here's what we want to start off with. And, and, and there's a reason why we want to start off with this. What we want to start off is that has healing been promised to all? That, that's what we want to answer today. And there's a lot of things that are said about it. Has healing been promised to all? And if you are a Christian, it's really wise to get founded in this area because you can hear people tell you face to face or if you even do googles you'll find out that many there's many that say it's silly to think that god would want to heal everybody and it's just out there so you have to get really founded and know well what is god's will and and so let's go to the scripture again in matthew chapter 15 and look at it again so 
notice that it says he, uh, there's three things there. He answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dog. So notice the children's bread and dogs. Okay, now let's move on and see what that means. The dogs are the Gentiles. That's people who are not Jews. The children are the Jews, and the bread is healing. So that's, that's what that scripture's talking about. Uh, and, and so Jesus is saying, uh, and he's saying this like, the children's bread. Now think about it. Back in the, that, those days, bread was a primary food. Bread was a primary food. Now, probably I asked the question once, what about Asia? It's like there's rice take the, the, the place of bread, but the Bible is a book that came out of that area where bread was, not, was the staple, not rice. So anybody that would understand, if you're from Asia, you would understand that rice is your staple food, your main food, whereas in that part of the world, bread was a main food. So when he's saying that healing is the children's bread, he's saying simply it belongs to you. It's the main food. That's what he's basically saying there. And so we're going to look into it and get more proof here right now. But here's another question, like who are the children today? And so answer is the church has become the children, okay? The children, they're Christians now, and the bread is healing, okay? So as Christians now, what the Bible tells us now, because we became the children of God, sons and daughters, okay? And as sons and daughters, we can say that healing is our bread, okay? So uh, they, they wrote that song even so we can not just teach it, but we can also sing it, all right? So here's um, some, what we want to look into. First of all, this, as, as far as the, does the Bible promise healing to all. So here's a thought. No honest person would take something that doesn't belong to them because an honest person, that would be like a thief. And honest people don't want to be thieves, okay? And, and, I, and I, you know, I came, I had six brothers growing up, and two of my brothers were like thieves, one of them in particular. And I didn't lean that way. Now, before we knew Jesus, we all were pretty bad, you know, but my bad wasn't like stealing. I had a different kind of bad. But my, <laughs> you know, but my brother Joe, his bad was stealing. So we, I told you, we had this, we trained people. We had a, 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 a like a, a gymnasium place. We owned and operated it. We even trained a guy, and he won Mr. Teenage Youngstown. So at least we, we knew how to train people because we had a champion, Mr. Teenage Youngstown, Ohio, where I'm from. So that was what we did. Okay, now there was somebody in our, our club, and he told my, he invited me and my brother to go to a party. But I had to work that night, and I thought, I'm not going to go to the party because we stayed open until 8 or 9 o'clock at night. You know, people like to lift weights at all hours. And so my brother went to the party with his best friend. So he, they go to the party. They waited for everybody to, you know, get drunk on, you know, or drugged out, you know, and they were all in the basement of a house where in Ohio they have basements, you know, that, that's built into the ground. So after everyone was drunk and everything, my brother and his friend came up the stairs. They went into their living room, and you know those big televisions that the, the, if some of you might never have seen them because we got these skinny screens now, but they used to have these big televisions, like huge pieces of wood furniture with the screen in there, and they weighed a ton. My brother and his friend carried it out and put it into, he used my van then. He had my car, my van, my Chevy van, and he put it into my Chevy van that I had pink shag carpeting in there. Hello. And uh, yeah, yeah, but the Lord has helped. 
But anyway, he, he put, the, put that TV into my van, and they drove off with that TV. And then the next day, I'm up there working, and, and, the, and the, the, the host home for the party, they came up and said, you know, your brother and his friend came to our party, and we, think, he, we believe that they stole the TV out of our living room. I, di- I didn't know about it, so I could do this with an honest face. I said, we're respected business people in this community. Why would my brother ever want to steal a TV? He would never do that. And they, I was so confident that he, they said, okay. So they don't know how their TV went. So my brother came up later to work the afternoon shift, and I, and I got him alone in our office, and I said, you know, they said that you stole the TV. I could see it on his face immediately, that look. I go, you did it. You stole it. And he goes, don't worry about it. It's already sold on the black market. We already, we already got the money in our pocket. That, that's my, he's a pastor now. <laughs> God takes the, the foolish and weak and all those, you know, things and confounds the other ones. <laughs> anyway, you know, but anyway, so that's my brother Joe. He was a thief, you know, and now he's a pastor, okay? But here, here's why we're talking about this, you know. You, if you're an honest person, it's hard for you to want to take something that doesn't belong to you, okay? So even that kind of thought pattern, like, how can Christians boldly, with confidence, go after their healing by faith and take it if they're not quite sure God wants to give it? So you can understand, if, if, if you want, if you need healing, you have to have boldness and confidence to go get it. So this is what we want to look into today. And so when you know if something is offered to you, and it says, hey, want you to have this, and you know it's offered to you, that gives you confidence and permission and boldness to take it. So here's the first thing, we, here's a little thing here, that this, the first step to receiving healing is knowing it's God's will to heal you. Now I know that's so simple, but there's a lot out there that people think, I wonder. And what happens sometimes is what we line up, we'll try, we'll, we'll, we'll be tempted to line up our experience Okay, what you experience, you'll try to put the word in line with what you experience. But what you want to do is you want your, ex- you want your experiences to line up with the word. You don't, li- you don't line up the word with your experience. You, your experience lines up with the word. Does that make sense? So what can happen is like somebody can pray and they don't get healed, so they just think, well, God chose not to heal me. But so, and the only, the only way that anyone would stop saying that is they have to find it in the Bible and they have to find it themselves where they see in the Bible that God wants to heal everybody regardless if everyone gets healed that's what does God want now like you that have been around for a while you know like about 14 months ago or so I was I went into the hospital because I did some dumb things and put myself there and so it was my fault there wasn't anywhere, I found out about a thing seven years or eight years ago now, and, uh, and one of the, a, a doctor in our church knew about it, and she was on me about doing something, and I ignored it for like seven years, and not, not only that, I didn't even pray about it, because I, I was praying, you, you pray and you get ready to teach and preach, and you pray for people, and you're, you're doing all the work of the ministry, but you're not really doing what you need to do for yourself. Well, I was doing that, so I let something go for like seven years and then it came and it, got, it came up like that and it put me in the hospital never one time ever did I think why God are you doing this to me 
I never thought that because I thought, I did that to me, not God. I can't blame him. And then, you know, then you pray at the last minute after you already are way over here, and then I said a couple confessions, but you know what? I wasn't even in a place to pray and confess. I was so far away from where I needed to be to get what I needed. So I never questioned God one time or wondered why God and, and, and et cetera. And it's really important for every Christian to get to a place where you no longer want to question God. But you, you can't get there unless you see what the Bible says. Until we see what the Bible says about it, we'll wonder why. We'll wonder why. We don't want to be wondering why. We want to know what God says. We won't know everything. The Bible's a huge book. We're not going to know everything. But man, it's really good to, to go after the things that can be known. Because there's a lot of things that you can know in the Bible. Okay, so with that in mind, we're going to go to a very unlikely place, the book of Job. Okay, now the book of Job, um, it's been used as an authority to suffer and to be sick. So if you're young in the Lord, maybe you never hit it, did it, but you know, it's story day. So I, I, was a, I was a tradie and I was a machinist also when I was young. And so I'm working in a machine shop and I, was, I wasn't a Christian yet. And so there was a Baptist guy and he was always sharing Jesus with me and telling me I needed to get saved and I, I wasn't listening to him. And then our company ran out of work and I was made redundant. So while I was away on redundancy, I got saved. But not only did I get saved, I got filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, and I also found out that God was good, and he was a healing God. So they, our company got work again, and I got called back to work. And when I got back there, I saw the Baptist guy, and I said, I got to let you know that I am born again, and I'm saved now, and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, and God is good, and he heals. And he's just like, whoa. I, got, he, I think what he was thinking, I got a much bigger problem now than I had when he was a Catholic. <laughs> so he felt like he needed to convince me that it was all wrong. You know, that I, what I had wasn't right. You know, this was of the devil, that's of the devil, and God stopped healing when the last apostle died, and blah, 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 you know, and all those things that you hear, you know. So he did it all on me. You know, and then he said this to me. He goes, and this, and I'm sure you guys might have had a classic thing, said, what about Job? What about Job? And I was only saved a couple weeks. I mean, I was just trying to understand the book of John in the New Testament. They always say when you first get saved, read John first. So I'm saying, I haven't even got through John yet. So who's Job? Like, who, who, who's he? He's in, there's like a whole book in the, like, like, what page is it on, you know, and that kind of stuff, you know. And so he went, he had his Bible there, and he opened up to the book of Job, and he showed me about Job and how he suffered, and he told me God did it to him, and I didn't know the book of Job, so I thought, well, man, you know, maybe God did that to him. I didn't know. So I didn't know the Bible. So of all the places that you can actually see that God wants to heal, you can actually find it in the book of Job. So we're going to look at that real quick, okay? So um, Job is one of the oldest books of the Bible, in case you don't know. They, they think, it like the theologians believe, it was written between Genesis 11 and 12 those chapters, so it was before the law, one of the oldest books in the Bible. So look, starting at Job chapter 33 and verse 21, it says, his flesh wastes away from sight and his bones stick out, which once were not seen. So this is like what's going on really bad with sickness here. Uh, This is one of Job's comforters talking. And then, yes, his soul draws near the pit 
and his life to the executioners. So this is describing somebody that is sick and getting ready to die, and it, when it's talking about the pit. So they didn't understand everything, but they knew there was a dark place if you died, that you could go to a dark place if, you, if God wasn't happy with you. So that's like what we would call hell. And it's talking about that, you know. So it's a terrible situation. Then if you look at verse 23, here's what it's saying now. Look at this. It says, if there is a messenger for him, a mediator, one among a thousand to show man his uprightness. So right there in the middle of all that, this guy's saying this. He said, if, if there could be a mediator that would be between God and man, we could have a problem solved here. That's basically what that's saying in a different, easier way to understand. Somebody that would be to go between God and man, and then somebody, no, notice how it says to show man his uprightness. Well, you know, we already have had Jesus come, and he already dealt with the sin problem, and it's no longer a mystery to us as Christians. We know that we're cleansed and we're made righteous when we become a Christian, okay? So that, that's what he's crying out for. But then it doesn't even stop there. So there's two things, you know, being cleansed from sin and being healed in your physical body. Then look at the next verse, uh, verse 24. It says, uh, Then he is gracious to him and says, Deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. Jesus is the ransom for sin, but it still doesn't stop there. Look at verse number 25. If he goes down and he becomes that substitute, look at verse 25. It says, His flesh shall be young like a child's, and he shall return to the days of his youth. What do we see in the book of Job, of all places, a book that has been used as an authority to be sick, we see the plan of redemption, and in that plan of redemption, we see forgiveness of sin and healing of the physical body of all places. Every book in the Bible is prophetic, and every book prophesied that Jesus was coming, and right in the book of Job, you see that, that it's there, okay? So, with that in mind, okay, uh, we can see this then also in verse chapter 19 and verse 25. Look what it says. It says, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at the last on the earth. In the middle of Job there, because it's about 40-something chapters, Job is saying, I know my Redeemer lives. And he was right because Jesus left heaven to come down here. He goes, I know he lives. And he's going to show up on the earth in the last days. And it's exactly what happened. Jesus showed up on the earth in the last days. And Jesus then substituted himself. He became sin and sickness was put on him. And so he's saying if somebody could be a mediator and they could go and come and they can take our sin and they could go into hell and then those stripes that were put on in sickness. And if that could happen, then we could become righteous and we, our flesh could be healed. And you find that, first of all, in the book of Job. Okay, so here's a thought here. This, that Job knew all his problems could be solved with a mediator. He knew all his problems. And here's what we have to know. that And, and there was a word that came out that all of our problems, every question, every problem, every disappointment, everything can be solved. God can solve it all. His word, his promises, by his spirit. Everything can be solved in him. It's wonderful. Okay? So, let's look at a few more scriptures here. Look at this, Exodus chapter 23 and verse 25. Now we're moving over. We just want to look at more scriptures that say this. So it says, So you shall serve the Lord your God, 
and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. So even though it was the Old Testament, and even though they were under law, and if they did anything wrong, something bad, even under those circumstances, God was always looking for ways to bless man and to get sickness off of them. He's been doing it the whole time. He, God loves your body and your flesh as much as he loves your spirit. So we know that we're going to live in heaven in eternity, and we know when we get up there, we get a new body, and we know there's not going to be any tears and any crying up there. But, you know, God wants to comfort us here. He wants, to, he wants us to have peace and joy here, and he wants our physical bodies to be well here. He loves all of us, spirit, soul, and body. Look at verse number 26. It says, No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. So he wants to take sickness away, but he wants to fulfill the number of our days. You know, the Bible actually talks about long life. Let me ask you a question. If you really got sick, would you live long? And you know that you wouldn't live long if you got sick. So how would, would God contradict himself? Would, would he say that he wants to fulfill the number of our days, but yet put sickness on us? Or, or He wouldn't rob us of that. And so we know that anybody that goes home early with the Lord, it's because uh, it, it wasn't because God wanted that. Their life was stolen, and, you know, the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy, and some people go home early. But here's the thing. As soon as you become a Christian, you can never lose. So even if sickness gets one of us, you still get to be in eternity forever. And God is good. And we don't, you know, we don't have time to talk about this right now but like a lot of times we think about our family and our relatives I had a brother that drowned when he was 21 years old I was 23 that's really what brought me to the Lord my brother drowned and it was it was like that's the only time that God could get to us we were just like such big troublemakers and uh, hardcore but when my brother died it softened us up enough to hear the gospel that's what happened so we we finally listened and that's when we got saved but what was really awesome is a year later, we met two young Italian girls, you know, and, uh, and they said, we led your brother to the Lord one hour before he died. And, and I just want to say that as a comforting thing. You might wonder about your family and your relatives, but you have no idea what God can arrange before they die. My brother got saved one hour before he drowned. God is good. So, you know, just if that can comfort anybody, fine. And then you might say, well, what about if I had a, a child die before they, you know, before they knew how they could understand? You know, if a child dies before they're old enough to understand the gospel, they'll be in heaven. If, if, that, if that helps comfort you. Okay, uh, let's look at another scripture. Psalm 103 and verse 2, it says, Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, serving God and being with God, there's benefits when you're with God, okay? And so then, then it says, Who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases, okay? So does that say some diseases? But no, it says that he heals how many? All your diseases. So there's benefits with God, and when you're with God, he, he'll, he'll forgive every sin, but he also wants to heal every sickness. That's straight out of the Bible. Now, I have a friend that was, uh, uh, and he preached in the church. It was the first and last time he preached in this church because what he did, 
caused him, it's amazing they didn't kick him out before the service was over, but he heard a bunch of people telling him before he preached that God makes you sick and God wants you to be poor and he wants you to be sick and all that. So when my friend got up to preach, he, he said, okay, now I know so many of you believe this, so he said, we're going to have a line here and we're going to have a line here. So you people over here, the ones that really you believe that God wants to make you sick to teach you something, I want you to get in line because I got some cancer capsules like some little and I'm gonna we're gonna pass them out because if you if you really want to get sick to give God glory we'll just give you some some of that and you can take it and then he said now over here we're gonna have another line and over here I want you to bring the car your car keys up here all of your money your credit cards and if you can go home and run home and get the mortgage for your house and even the title deeds on your car because if you really think God wants you to be poor then please give me all of it i want all just so you can really do good yeah and so of course he never got invited back to that church again it was the first and last time but he was of course being extremely sarcastic and cheeky but you know and that's not what you do it you know the main thing is when jesus marveled at their unbelief when he went about because they didn't in his hometown they didn't believe and so they were struggling with believing it says he marveled but he went round about teaching he wasn't like cheeky and sarcastic he went round about the cure to unbelief is teaching you don't criticize and you don't attack people but you teach them you'll know the truth and the truth sets you free okay now here's here's another way to look at it god uh like look at this one different way to go up another side of the mountain jehovah here's the different names of god god has different names in the bible so look at the different names you got jehovah shama the lord ever present jehovah jireh the lord our provider jehovah nisi the lord our banner jehovah shalom the lord our peace jehovah ra the lord my shepherd jehovah sit canoe the lord our righteousness and then look at the last one jehovah rapha the lord that healeth these are the different names of God. So, so far we saw healing in the book of Job. We, we saw other scriptures in Psalms that says that God heals in, in the book of Exodus. Now we got the names of God. So we're building a case here. You know, does God want to heal? Does it belong to you? So here's the question. Did God stop being the ever-present Lord? No, he's everywhere all the time. You can't escape from him. You, there's nowhere to run from him. He's everywhere. He's our provider. You know, and some people do argue. They want to argue with it. I mean, why argue? Just let God bless you, you know? And then, and then Jehovah Nisi, you know, the Lord our banner, okay? Uh, the, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. He's the Prince of Peace. You know, the Lord, my shepherd, he's our shepherd. No one, you know, most people don't argue with that. The Lord our righteousness, we're the righteousness of God in Christ. But then none of those names change. Why would this change? Why would the Lord our healer change? It wouldn't change. It's the same. Okay? Here's an, here's, uh, I'll just quote these two scriptures. James chapter 1 and verse 17. It says, with him is no variableness. Now that means this. He does not change even slightly. If God said it yesterday, it's still true today. He doesn't go up and down. He changes not. The Bible says he watches over his word to perform it. Okay, Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, who's God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change, okay? Now, let's look at the classic scriptures real quick. Isaiah 53 and verse 4. That says, Surely 
He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him, and with his stripes we are healed. Those are classic, beautiful scriptures out of the book of Isaiah. Now, if you go back to uh, the verse number 4, okay, verse 4, and it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. That is the King James translation and for some reason they use that translation because of it and because the king james was the most influential bible uh, for a long time there are people that say well that that's not talking about physical sickness because that doesn't say it very clear and so because of that translation and because of it we have had people rise up now there's a there's a man that, and we actually can you show i'll show you the book this is a doctor T.J. McCrossan, okay, and this was re-edited by Dr. Roy Hicks and, and Kenneth Hagan. They brought it back on the market a year or so ago because it's such a good book. It's called Bodily Healing and the Atonement. So Dr. T.J. McCrossan is a Hebrew scholar, and so when you bring in the Hebrew scholars and they say what it says in the original language, that puts a lot of weight on it, okay? So we have this book here. I don't know how many copies we have, but we have it. I gave this book to somebody once that did not believe that God, you know, that healing was for everyone. I gave it to them, and they still wouldn't believe. I mean, they read it, a Hebrew scholar. He went through all of it like Hebrew, and they still didn't want to believe it. So sometimes people just refuse to believe it, you know, but, uh, but that's a wonderful book if you're struggling. If you think, well, does God want to heal? That book explains it from a place of scholarly, you know, scholarly place. Okay, so with that in mind, I'm going to go through a bunch of screens now, and these are quotes from T.J. McCrossan, the scholar. These are all quotes, so let's start. Surely he, Christ, has borne our griefs. That word griefs is Chloe. It means sickness in the original Hebrew. And carried our sorrows, that's Macob. In the original Hebrew, that is the word pain. And then let's look at the next. Then Chloe, sickness, is from Kala, and that means to be weak, sick, and afflicted. That's what that word means in the original Hebrew language. Then in Deuteronomy 7.15, the Lord will take away from thee all sickness. That's the same word. When it says, God said, I'm going to take away sickness from you, he was talking about physical sickness, not your being, like, because people will say, well, that means you're going to get saved and your spirit's going to get saved. That's what you're going to get. Your spirit's going to get healed. Actually, our spirits were recreated and our physical bodies are healed. Okay, now look, Macob is translated pain in Job 33, 19. He is chastened also with pain, Macob. And then in Jeremiah 51, 18, we read, take balm for her pain. So there also in the original, that word is pain. Then if you go on, in conclusion, Isaiah 53, 4, if you read it the way it should be, it would read, surely he, Christ, has borne our sicknesses, okay? So here's, here's this is still T.J. McCrossan. He said, every unprejudiced Hebrew scholar must admit that this is the correct translation. So this is a Hebrew scholar, and he's kind of calling out all the other Hebrew scholars, like saying, if you're not prejudiced, because some people, get, they just get an agenda and they, because of maybe a bad experience. And so I remember, uh, like the, the man Kenneth Hagin, who's gone home to be with the Lord, and he was, known, he was known all over the world as a man that believed in divine healing. He said one time, if I stand behind the pulpit and I fall over dead, would you stop believing it's God's will to heal? 
Would you stop believing based on me or do you see it in the Bible? You, got, you need to get founded in the Bible. You don't found yourself on me. And so even as a pastor, I've tried to point everybody to hear. I, I, I don't want to be a hero, but I, I, all I want to do is point everybody to the Bible. If we can get established in the Word of God, nobody can shake us. Okay? Okay, so, so we could say this. The same way that Christ took our sin, He also took our sickness. The same way that He took our sin... He also took our sickness. And that's what you see there by looking at those scriptures. Then, now here is the Young's translation, Isaiah 53 and verse 4. It says, surely our sicknesses he has borne, our pains he has carried them. Okay, so that is the Young's translation about, and he actually took the original Hebrew when he translated it, and he put it into the accurate way to say it. The Young's translation. So now, just to close today, there's a guy named Joe McIntyre, and uh, I'm just going to read this. We got so much on the screen, I just thought I would read it instead of putting it up there. Although it is nice to see with your eyes and hear with your ears. But here's what he said. Uh, he said, "Those who have proclaimed healing and the atonement the loudest have sometimes burdened the sick ones with more guilt about being sick." So I, I like this guy because he's balanced. So he's not just like has an agenda. He's actually saying stuff that's very balanced. So he's saying, you know, because we believe that healing is in the atonement. But when you believe healing is in the atonement, how do you deliver that? How do you share it and dispense that truth with people? Do you make people feel guilty? And do you make, how do you make them feel? This is what he's dealing with here. So he says this. He said, in their zeal to defend what they perceive to be an important Bible truth, they have offered no comfort to those who, for whatever reason, are not healed. This is talking about people like that believe healing belongs to us. Then he says, this, of course, is not helpful. Okay, but neither is maintaining an incorrect view of the scriptures in order to justify our experience. So often, God's sovereignty is offered as the answer when we don't experience the things promised by the word. God is sovereign over his sovereignty, someone said. So then he stops, and in, after that statement, he goes and he quotes Charles Spurgeon, who Charles Spurgeon, if you don't know, he's gone home to be with the Lord, but a great British minister from Britain who's helped and still blesses many people with his writings. So Charles Spurgeon said, before he pledged his word, he was free to do as it pleased him. But after he has made a promise, his truth and honor bind him to do as he has said. Are you getting that? So God, before he gave his word, he could do anything. But once God gives his word, he's bound to it. And he doesn't change. So if he says it, it's a promise, and he can't go back on it. That's what he's saying. So when it says, well, God is sovereign over his sovereignty. So in his sovereignty, he chose to redeem us, and he chose to redeem our, even our physical bodies. And in his sovereignty, he already made that choice, so he has to stay with it. He has to stay to it. He can't change. So then uh, he says, To him, indeed, this is no limiting of his liberty, for the promise is always the declaration of his sovereign will and good pleasure. And it is ever his delight to act according to his word. Okay, so because 
he did that to himself he's sovereign over his sovereignty and because he said once i say something i don't change that in, he's saying that that is not liberty that is not limiting his liberty it doesn't limit god when he does that he does it for a reason he wants he wants to promise us things because it's through his promise that as we sang today that we can even have faith to take it so what the devil would like to do and even some people they would like you to to get you to doubt it's true to, to, if you can if you they can get you to doubt and even like the devil to doubt is that really because that's what the devil did he hasn't changed he came to adam and eve and he says is that what really god said is that he was making them doubt what god said and so it hasn't changed it's been going on ever since that time he'll say is that really what god means so somebody say well when it talks about healing it's talking about your spirit your spirit like getting healed no it's talking about your physical body but if you can get somebody to doubt it, then they don't have the confidence and the boldness to take it. And so you see what they're saying there. I trust it helps. So let's finish up with one scripture here. Third John 2, and this is where we'll end today. It says, Dear friend, this is, this is the Bible, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health just as it is well with your soul. So, Notice there, of course, when we get saved, this is our soul, and the Bible says to renew your mind. So he's saying, he's saying, uh, if your soul, even if you're renewing your mind and your soul's doing well, he also says that you may be in good health. So what you see there is when you become a Christian, even to the degree that you renew your mind, is that's the degree you'll experience your Christianity. So when we renew our minds to what God said, we experience more of everything that he has. And, and it's a way that he can bless us, okay? Father, I thank you so much for everyone that's here today, Lord. And I thank you for the time that we spent together in your word today. Father, I just pray that it helps everyone today, Lord, uh, that they're helped. Thank you, Father. Father, in the event that somebody's here today and there's a possibility that they are not saved, if they died, they would not go to heaven. Father, thank you for speaking to a person here or people that would be in that category. They're not sure where they would go if they died. I thank you, Father, and you have a Holy Spirit that talks to people and, and makes things real. I thank you for pulling and tugging on the heart of anybody in this room that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord. And Father, thank you right now, even as I speak your word, that you would make it clear that you, Jesus said when he walked on the earth, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no man can come to the Father except through me. Father, thank you for making that real, that everyone knows that there's only one way. It isn't about respecting choice, but it's about respecting what you said there's only one way. All the other ones over every other religion, they died and they're rotting in the graves. There has been one that has been raised from the dead. It is Jesus. He's the only one that raised from the dead. So Father, thank you for making it real that Jesus is the only way. And he said, confess me as Lord. I thank you for making that real right now to everyone, Lord. Thanks for listening. 
We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.